Coffee Talk includes real talk that may not vibe with some listener preferences. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, glad you could join us on Coffee Talk. I'm Jesse, And I'm Kat. We're two friends that could not be more different. Besides our love for multiple beverages and melodramatic TV shows. We drink coffee. Talk about coffee. Catch up with you all. And have a real good coffee talk. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Coffee Talk. I feel like I say the same thing with the same voice reflections like every single time. So, hi, and welcome to Coffee Talk. Wait, let's say it at the same time. Welcome, welcome to, coffee to Coffee Talk. talk. Yeah, that was a good job. I don't like that. that. Yeah. Were you trying to sound like NPR? A little it bit. Sounded like you were like going like, welcome to NPR late night vibes. I was going for the news anchor that like that's like welcome to NPR. Here are your news for the day. Oh, I like it. I like that. Okay, we should do that (laughs) instead. Do you want to do news updates? Yes. Uh, Well, um, uh, well, I don't. Do we really have any other than the fact that this is part two? So this episode, the only thing is, and this is kind of introducing the topic a little early, but this is part two of our conversation that we started on the last episode, which was about animals. We are going to go for a second episode, and I'm curious to see how it's received if we do a two-part like part episode. So let us know if you like it, if you hate it, whatever your thoughts are. But let's dive in. Jesse, what are you drinking for this episode. I went to the local coffee shop that I'm obsessed with now. I still haven't gotten my groceries yet because I'm just... I'm busy, okay? Anyways, the person in front of me ordered a dirty chai and then I was like... Well, shit. And that's what we were talking about last episode, too. Yeah, so I got a dirty chai with two espresso shots and oat milk. Mm, and their their chai is really nice. It's very spicy. It's like less Ooh. of like the nutmeg and cinnamon and more of like, I don't know, like a spicy kind of end. Mm-hmm. It's very nice. Yeah. What about you? I bet my mom would know what that spicy flavor is. She knows like, everything. She like yeah. tastes something and she's like, here are the 10 spices used. It's just nuts. I can like articulate or I have like an articulate palate. So like I know each right flavor or like i can identify how many but i don't i don't know what they're called (laughs) (laughs) you don't know where they come from yeah yeah Yeah. um i hope i've always said i hope to be a chef like my mom is in the sense that she just can see a bunch of random ingredients and throw it together and then it's like amazing i i'm great at following recipes i would consider myself a pretty dang good cook i'm good with you know, small things like coming up with my own stuff, but my mom's just like, and then it's like your mom's like, hmm, what's in the pantry? Literally. Yeah, I no, I have to, I have to meal prep. I have to like plan a week ahead. I have to like think about. I have to diligently follow the recipe. I cannot. I'm not a good cook. I'm Badger will tell you I'm not a good cook. <laughs> And he I gets so mad because he he cooks if if we don't have something just kind of like ready to throw together on the weekends when I'm over there, 
he gets so mad. He's like, why do I always have to cook? And I'm like, because you're good at it. Because <laughs> I cannot do the same thing. Yeah, my mom is always on cookie duty on the holidays. And she gets mad that she's the one doing all the work. And it's like, <laughs> well, you know what you're doing. Like, if you don't want to do it, don't be good at it. Don't be a nice. That's good life advice. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Hmm. Anyways, what are we talking about? What am I drinking for this episode? Yeah, what are you drinking? <laughs> um, I, I went to Starbucks again. I keep getting gift cards. Like, for example, the other day, Goldie ordered Starbucks, and then it came with, like, a gift card in his bag. So I don't know what's going on, but I'm just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy this. But today I tried... I'm just, like, trying all the drinks because, sure, I could get, like, what I'm used to and what I know I like, but I feel like if I have all these opportunities to try, why not? Because then I can get more variety in my life. So this is, I'm pretty sure its colloquial name is the TikTok drink, which is kind of embarrassing, but I've been wanting to try it for a while, and I thought it sounded pretty good in theory. So I got it because I usually like mochas to begin with. So I got a tall iced white mocha with extra caramel drizzle and the vanilla sweet cream cold foam. So it is, my, my opinion is it's like an 8 out of 10. It is pretty damn good. I wish I had more espresso in it. I was kind of talking to Jesse about this that I feel like I don't like to order venti's because I'm just not going to drink all that. And I know this sounds kind of controversial, but I don't also want to put all that syrup and sugar and crap that that much at least in my body like I can a little bit justify this little tiny guy because I also only drink like 75% of it anyways so I can I can justify that like once every now and again but the venti's are just huge and it's just so much stuff in it so I kind of sometimes end up when I get like these recommended drinks the recommended size is like a venti usually and so when I get the tall I feel like because there isn't as much espresso I sometimes end up having sweeter drinks than what they're like supposed to be so maybe I should just start like if I'm gonna try one of these sweet drinks asking for two espresso shots like in a tall but that would just be like a lot at the same time so will I ever find a happy medium I don't know Maybe we'll find out before the end of this podcast. But anywho, I do really like it. It does have a coffee flavor to it, which is great, obviously, because I want that. Um, oh, I'm so glad that your coffee has a coffee flavor to it. I know. I know. Um, but, and the vanilla is so good. Like, I love vanilla with coffee. The taste compliments just make me happy. And I do like the sweet cream cold foam with this because I don't like whipped cream. So, like, I've never... I've never liked whipped cream in my drinks and this the vanilla sweet cream cold foam makes sure I get like a creamy and vanilla-y flavor with every sip so I like that probably could have done without the extra caramel um I like the white mocha and I will say it kind of reminds me of like espresso flavored milk or like coffee milk so that's like what I'm reminiscent of but it's so good I just love I love milk too so that's a thing Mm-hmm. I know Jesse's cringing. We just talked about this last episode. Anywho, that's what I'm drinking. Eight out of ten. Oh my gosh. So yesterday I have to I have to tell someone because I'm like, it gives me nightmares. Yesterday when I thought we were recording, I went and got <laughs> coffee. I got an iced um Oh yeah, whatever. This is just an excuse to get coffee. 
I got coffee and um, it was an iced latte, but it was like um, the low. I don't want to like triangulate my location, but um, <laughs> it, it's like their signature drink and it's named after their name. Um, oh, and it I got that with and I asked for oat milk. And I don't know if I got oat milk. Mm. Because I like got home dun, I'm, like halfway dun, through the drink dun. and I'm like, I wonder if she, because the barista said it comes with what I, I thought she said oat milk. Mm-hmm. And I thought she said that because I'm there like almost every day this whole last week because I don't have <laughs> coffee at home. Right. And I've gotten oat milk and everything. But I'm kind of scared because I didn't like double check and I always double check because mm-hmm. I'm paranoid or something. But I'm afraid that it was whole milk. <gasps> well, other than that, how have you been? Oh, tired. <laughs> so busy. I woke up this morning at like 6.30 a.m. so that I could be the first one to the lab to get a bunch of labs done. And one of them has to be like frozen or not frozen, but like refrigerated. So I had like this box to bring in and I had to get like an ice pack out of the freezer and put it in there. And like they gave me an ice pack to put in the freezer and then put back to bring to the lab to get the labs done. And then they send it to a lab and they only do it Monday through Thursday. So like I had to go today because I didn't have time to go before today. And then after that, it went so much faster than I thought it was going to. And then (laughs) I had to drive to another place because they didn't have both at this location to get really Wisconsin just then or Canadian both. Go ahead. Both. Oh, oh, no. (laughs) That's how Badger says it. Oh, no. He says both. So I had to get x-rays done, too. And oh, my gosh. So the thing about being young and and you know invisibly disabled is that no one expects you to be where you are and then you get the pity party so i the labs were fine um the the nurse was quick about it or the tech or whatever um was quick about it and she like tried to get it all done for me um and she did but she was like yeah it's a lot of labs and she just seemed like surprised but then Mm -hmm. the x-ray she's like so what what brought you here today and so i had to be like pain everywhere pain (laughs) and then (laughs) she like has me you know x-ray my hands and then she's like does one bother you more than the other and It wasn't, and I'm sure, like, she had to ask those questions, like, to give a, to basically know what to look for in um, looking at the x-rays, but just the tone of voice was just, like, pity party. Mm -hmm. Just take my damn x-rays and leave me alone. (laughs) Whatever. So that's how I'm doing. Anyways, how are you doing? Uh, just about the same as last (laughs) So let's just, like, I'll just say what, like, my day today looks like. So I got up around 8.30 and got ready, um, dealt with the dogs and ate breakfast and got Starbucks and then 
I had a phone interview for like 15 minutes. It was a lot shorter than I thought it was going to be, but for a job. And then they were like, we want to bring you in. So, I mean, it was a good thing that it was short, but still, I just was definitely not expecting it to take like 10 minutes. Um, And so then I had a job interview and then I had a really brief window of time to just kind of like go through my emails before we started recording and I had to deal with the dogs too. And then also Goldie has a really important interview that he's at right now for a job. It's like his third interview. So it's like his final interview and he's meeting the CEO today. And they're basically like, we're going to give you a decision by either like today or tomorrow. So (sighs) pray or send good vibes or do whatever you do. um, Because he is like very, very confident human being, like just so confident, almost to the point where he's like cocky. But so he's, you know, really like feeling good about this. And he's super prepared. Like he did all this research on the company and like the software they use and blah, 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 blah. The point is he's prepared, but it's still obviously a little nerve wracking because if he doesn't get this job, I literally don't know what we're going to do because then he might have to move home to Houston and then I don't know where I'm going to go because even though I have a job offer in Houston, I really don't know if I want to I want to live there, like to be totally honest with I everyone I feel here. that. I don't want I'm you to live in Houston. I don't want to visit you in Houston. <laughs> no. I mean, granted, it'll only be for a year until I go to vet school, but still, it's just really not like my ideal circumstance. And I don't know the only other option, because either way, if he doesn't get a job there, we've got to move somewhere where we don't have to pay rent. So it's either Houston with his parents or Kansas with mine. So I don't know. Either way, it just like obviously I would prefer Kansas because I'd love to be with my mom. Kansas doesn't sound that bad for you. But it'd be interesting for him because I have no idea what petroleum engineering jobs are there. He tried applying for the few that are available and that just like was not happening. So Mm. I don't know. It's just a lot of like pressure. What are you listening to? Um, I was listening to French rap. I don't know the artist or anything. I was just (laughs) random stuff. So. Yeah, what about you? Uh, pretty much the same as last time. I feel like I need to start coming up with more creative things to talk about on this segment of our episodes. But yeah, sorry, just, you're not as cool as me listening to interviews. You can't even music. provide a good artist or anything to give. Yeah, I don't the even know what they're saying. Go on. I uh, <laughs> yeah yeah. I'm just just exposure therapy. I don't. I have no idea what they're saying. Topic time, animals part two. Last time, we talked about more serious topics and deep philosophical questions about animal rights. And now we're going to get more into the kind of silly questions. So I don't think you have any stats, do you, Jess? No, I covered that last time. Look it up. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Well, without further ado, I came up with this question and I am really excited about it. So let's assign each other animals. And I think it's funny because it's like on par with our nicknames too, how we like give nicknames to people in the show based on what animal we think they embody the most. So I'm going to go first. Jesse, I think you and it's I know it doesn't sound creative, but like, let me explain. Okay. Okay. I think you're a domesticated house cat. So let me explain. A domesticated cat? Yes. Like Callie. You are independent and you don't mind and in fact need your alone time. You don't like to be touched very much, especially on the belly. 
But you enjoy the occasional good scratch in the right places. <laughs> that make you purr. Okay, this sounds really sexual now. This sounds um, so sexual. What are you doing? <laughs> okay, now less sexual part. Um, You also, though deep down need social interaction even though you don't like to admit it and you'll often act aloof around the people that try to interact with you like oh, I don't need this I'm too cool for this interaction whatever <laughs> you, you can pet me you can hang out with me if you need to but I'm not gonna get anything out of it but really you are getting something out of it and you have a specific diet um you don't you don't handle milk well. <laughs> um <laughs> Sometimes you get the urge to just run away like if there's an open door like you might just dart out. Um what was the other thing? You like sitting near windows. Um Yeah, I think uh, a lot of it's just like personality based, but you do remind me like you're you're clean. I don't know. You're clean. You keep yourself clean. You keep your areas clean. Sometimes you kind of get like that burst of energy and you like run around the place or you're like, ah, um, but most of the time you like to just sleep or just chill out or be somewhat mellow. And yeah, that, that about. Mm hmm. That about does it. And it would also explain why at first you really didn't like Goldie because he's a dog and you're a cat. It just makes makes a lot of sense. And that's why you're not a big fan of the like overly affectionate and enthusiastic people of the world because <laughs> they're just annoying and bothersome. You're very straightforward to the point. You're vocal. You let people know when you're pissed. Yep. I think I really, I really think you're like a domesticated house cat. So the whole like house cat part just really brings me down a level. Why? Just really like I'm not even like a panther. I'm just well, like if anything. I think you'd be like a lion because of oh. the mane going. Yeah, on. the mane. Yeah, but Definitely. that's the only other cat I think, honestly. Okay. Okay. All right, I'll take it. I think I think you really you gave some good points. Yeah, I'll take it. I mean, Callie's cute, so like I wouldn't mind. And Callie looks yeah, you're great. Cute. Like, yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think you're a squirrel. Great. I I originally thought like <laughs> a bird, but Ugh. because like you're so like lanky and like light lanky. and stuff. Yeah. But, but you're like not peaceful enough to be a bird. Like, like you're like really fast and like really like energized and like you run around and like you're a little scattered and like <laughs> and like you're you're always doing something and like you just yeah you're like a squirrel. Thanks. Like you're like jittery and like like going about. And like you're kind of cute, and you got a fluffy tail. <laughs> you're just kind of like <laughs> running around, <laughs> and like you're, 
you're very like careful, but you're also like a risk taker. And um, I like to f around and jump off a tree every now and again. Yeah, yeah, and like you <laughs> like to have fun, and you like uh, like social interaction with other squirrels. Um, let's see, what else? And you're always eating. Pretty yeah. accurate. You're always scavenging for food. Um, what else? Yeah. Yeah. That's also why I don't think you could be a bird, because I don't think birds eat as much as you do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank yeah. you. So that's it. Yeah, I think you're a squirrel. Okay. Well, now that we've assigned each other, what is the animal on the other side that like you most identify with? And it doesn't have to be like a personality-based thing. Like I think both of us were pretty spot on for like each other's animal. I'm more talking about like favorite animals or animals you just like spiritually feel close to. I know that sounds super weird. Okay, you start. Um, I've always like really loved owls and foxes. So like there's not a lot of similarities between the two. You know, the owl is like calm and wise and seeing, all seeing and all like those just chill characteristics. And then a fox is usually really like smart, calculated, fast, um, conniving. Like that's how they describe foxes. Um, and also cats, obviously, which is funny because it's my nickname. But growing up, I was never called cat. Like it was always Catherine. And it wasn't until like late high school, but mostly college where people started calling me cat. Like Jessie's called me cat the whole time she's known me. But she's pretty much been the only one. Like, it really wasn't until college when people started calling me Kat. And it's turned into, like, my... By the time I hit sophomore year, I started introducing myself as Kat, which was, like... I just did it because that's how I was meeting people, was in really quick settings, like at TU, for example. And I would just, like, be like, oh, I'm Kat, because it's quick, it's easy, it's easy to remember, whatever. And then it just really caught on to the point where, like... Goldie's family calls me cat and I don't have a problem with it but the point is is I've always like associated with cats and I used to have like an obsession with big cats but more specifically cheetahs as a kid so I would always go to like my library in grade school and check out all those books they had that were like um, the animal books with all the facts and information about animals. And I would always go to the big cats one. That's like the one that I always wanted to learn about. And I checked out the cheetah one like 50 times. So <laughs> love cheetahs. I had cheetah stuffed animals, cheetah print things, like whole nine yards. Um, my sorority's animal is an owl, fun fact. And I remember when I found that out, I was like, this might be a sign that this is the one for me because I've always loved owls. And it's great now because I have a shit ton of owl things, both like from gifts from my sorority and from growing up. So if you like look around my room, like I've literally got, I have so many animal like totems. So I've got a cat little ring holder. I love this thing. I got it for my birthday and it holds rings on its tail. And then I've got an owl shaped candle or like it's like a wax melter. Got an owl little statue on a, on a shelf over there. Another owl figurine my mom got me over there. Yeah, and I've got more stuff in my bathroom. So it's just a lot of like owl things. I just really, I don't know why. I resonate with them. Also favorite animals? 
I love raccoons and possums so much. I think they're so cute. I would love to own a possum one day. Jesse and I tried to rescue a possum once. It was a stressful experience. It was like a baby and it was basically like dying out on my front doorstep. And we were about to walk out the door and we saw it and it was struggling. It was like playing dead when it saw us though. So it stopped moving and we called like every wildlife rescue within a 50 mile radius trying to find someone to pick this little guy up. And we finally had someone that was going to come out in the morning because it was like 11 p.m. at this point in time. And then by the time they got there in the morning, it was dead. So I was really sad and I wanted to rescue it so bad, like bring it in the house. But my mom was like, you cannot bring it in the house because we had dogs and yeah, she was just nervous. But I love, I just love animals in general. Yeah. Jess. So you're an owl, cat, cheetah, raccoon. Fox. Fox. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, see, I, I just have to say a rabbit. Because, hmm. like, they've just always been my thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I love bunnies. Like, when I was I a little that. kid, I was obsessed with rabbits. I always wanted a rabbit. My favorite story as a kid was That's Alice a realistic in pet to have, though. Like, with yeah. me, I'm like, Mom, let's get a raccoon. And you're like, let's get a rabbit. That's normal. Yeah. Um... And so my my favorite story as a kid was Alice in Wonderland. Still one of my favorite stories, even though it's super messed up. Um, and I <laughs> collected rabbit figurines for a while in grade school. Um, and I mean, since then I've I've gotten rid of them, but I did for a while. I had like ten. And um, when I was little, like in I don't know the first couple early grades of grade school. Um, my friends and I would squat and like put our knee- knees together and like put our sweatshirt over our knees and mm-hmm. bounce around like little bunnies. That's so, cute. Yeah. Um, so I'd have to say a rabbit, but a close second might be like a little green like tree snake. Oh. That just like hide in the trees and like camouflage and they're super duper poisonous. But they're super cute. I love danger noodles. Me too. I used to be so scared of them, but the more that I've like encountered them in a vet sense, I mean, they're still very dangerous. I wouldn't necessarily be excited to see one like out in a forest, but mm. <laughs> but like in a pet setting, you know, the ones that are like obviously not poisonous and not like as aggressive um, because they don't think you're like trying to either kill their kid or steal their food or hurt them. They're so cute little babies and they have the tiny tongues and the tiny little eyes the and they tiny just tongues. <laughs> tongues. and then they're so smooth and they'll just like curl up and hang out with you and yeah they want to be warm so they'll like go on your hands and like near mm-hmm. your neck and stuff yeah yep that's cute I think it's adorable what do you think about people adopting animals in quarantine <laughs> that was such a like quick transition. I like it. Um, well, like I like that. I know. I th- well, okay. It makes me like really happy, but also I'm a little like mad about it because on one hand, the shelters seemingly, and I cannot back this up with data, but seem to have never been so picked over. Like you know, my mom and I went to go look for a dog 
this past December for adoption. But we had kind of been looking for the past few months. Like she had been just going to animal shelters or like watching petfinder.com or other websites and stuff like that because she was pretty specific about wanting a young dog. I had mentioned that Cooper had passed away about a year before we got Lincoln. And so my mom had just like, you know, been heartbroken for a while and waited like an ample time. And especially once quarantine hit, she started working from home and she got super isolated because she's also like really germaphobic. And so when COVID hit, she took it like super, super seriously, like literally went out, stocked up on groceries and then like didn't go out. And um, like every time she did go out, she did the full nine yards, like double mask, gloves on, Um, would change her clothes when she got home, sanitized everything that came home with her, stuff like that, until obviously the CDC was like, it doesn't really spread through touch. And then she kind of like scaled it back a notch. So, you know, as data has come out, she scaled it back, scaled it back. But even though she's double vaccinated now, she's still a little cautious. But the point is, is that she got so isolated and she was like, I really need a dog. And I'm sure that millions of other Americans felt the same way, which is why there was such a boom in in adoptions, not only with dogs, but with cats. So anyways, point is, is I think it was a combination of the pandemic and um, the holiday season because dogs obviously get adopted more around the holiday season. Um, but we went looking and like for a couple days, the first couple days I got home in December for winter break, like the shelters were picked over. I'm not exaggerating. There was like like less than 10 dogs at each shelter. And a lot of them were also like on hold. So it wasn't even like the ones remaining were available. And it was so sad because at one shelter we were waiting in line and there was a kid and a mom in front of us and he was pretty young. And the shelter basically had to like tell them that they didn't have any other small dogs available. And the mom was like, I really can't take a big dog. We live in an apartment. They won't let me have over like 30 pounds. Do you have anything under 30 pounds? Because like he's been waiting for me to agree to a dog for years and this is his Christmas present. And they're like, I'm so sorry. And they were like trying to give names and they're like, we're expecting a bunch of litters. If you can come back in January. And this kid starts bawling his eyes out. And I felt so bad because he's like, mom finally agreed to let me get a dog. And then there's no dogs available. So that was kind of sad. But it's also, I guess, a good thing that all the dogs were getting adopted because yay. Um, But I do really worry about when life is no longer like at home. I'm very worried about it for my own dogs who had been alone like during the day and were used to us not being around all the time beforehand. But then I feel like they've gotten used to us being around so much. And now even I feel guilty if they're in their cage for more than a couple hours because first of all, I don't even think that's a life to live anyways. But I was way more desensitized to that before the pandemic And now it's just, I feel like it's just going to be rough. Like, I know it's going to be rough for my mom's dog, Lincoln, because he doesn't know anything else. And he has pretty bad separation anxiety for my mom. But anyways, I'm just really worried about it for all the dogs out there. And I'm also worried about what that responsibility is going to look like for owners that do have to go back to work and they're not able to stay at home and play with them all day or not like all day, but I don't know. I'm just concerned about people like returning or trying to return dogs or giving them up after this whole thing is kind of more over and that does concern me but also um that's literally why we got Chevy when we did is because we needed Ranger to have a companion when James and I 
when Goldie and I went to work full time. So I don't know. I'm a little nervous, like preemptively nervous, but I think it's also a good thing that so many dogs found homes. Yeah. I I don't know. It's like whenever somebody says, oh, it's so great, but like people might give them back in my head. I'm like, that wouldn't happen because I literally cannot empathize with that. Like I can't, oh. I can't, like there's like a blockage like in the idea. It's like, like, no, I don't like, what do you mean? Like, if that's an option, then you shouldn't have taken them in the first place. Um, so, yeah. Um, I struggle with that because as, like, you know, a future vet, I've seen animals come in that are obviously, like, neglected. And then I've had the veterinarians, like, you can offer as a veterinarian to kind of take over care. And then the owner yeah. can, like, sign over all rights and responsibilities. And so in some cases, I really am like, if you are going to neglect or like abuse an animal, like, please sign it over to the right people because I wouldn't want an animal to suffer. Also, I wouldn't want an animal like to be neglected in the sense of, you know, a couple has like a baby and they're scared about the dog or the dog doesn't warm up to the baby or whatever. So the dog ends up spending the majority of each day every day like locked in a small room with no social interaction or like a family like we've seen people that are like I can't deal with my cat's claws because I have allergic reactions to them or they scratch my furniture or whatever and so it's either give up the animal or declaw the cat and like those in their head those are like the only options and now it's fantastic that there's things like the cat um uh covers they're like caps for their nails I don't know if you've heard of those but no, they, I just cut her nail. I just trim her nails. Oh, well, well, for people that like have reactions or for cats that have like serious scratching problems, a way to kind of avoid that are these like little caps. They're like tooth caps, but for claws. And they're surprisingly easy to put on the cats and they can just wear them until they start to grow out of them and you need to trim and then put them back on. But to my understanding, they don't really impact the cat at all because, you know, they retract their claws. So it only sticks to the part that's like on the outside. Um, and they can still get sensation and all that kind of stuff, but it just kind of prevents them from like literally scratching, scratching. Um, but they come in fun colors too. So your cat looks like they have like pink nails or something. That's fun. Um, so I don't know. In those circumstances, I'm like, yes, please surrender the animal instead of like putting them through something like that. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. if they can't afford proper care and so the, the animal's going to be, like, suffering because it can't get a dental or regular exams or w- vaccines or, you know, whatever. So there are circumstances where I'm like, okay, surrendering is much better than having that animal, like, suffer with a bad family or a family that doesn't love them or whatever. Yeah. But it really does suck and it makes me very, very sad that there are so many out there that are just – like, they're adopted, but they're not thriving. Yeah. I don't know how to reconcile definitely. that. Definitely. And I definitely speak from a place of, like, privilege and, like, ignorance. Because, like, for for example, Roscoe, he has epilepsy, but he didn't always have epilepsy. He developed it once he was about a year old. Mm-hmm. So when we got him, we didn't know that he was going to have epilepsy. He just one day had a seizure. 
And then he Very. started having more seizures. And um, without his medication, he'd probably have a seizure every day. So so bad for them. So, so we're lucky that, you know, my parents are wealthy enough to mm-hmm. pay for all of his epilepsy Expensive. medication, which he has to take three times a day. And that they care enough to, like, give it to him three times a day. Yeah, that too. But I mean, like, I don't know, like, thinking of the, with the uh, ethical assumption that you care about your pet, we're lucky enough that we can afford his care. Right, um, of course. And in that sense, I'm lucky enough that they can afford my care. <laughs> well, I, I see things. Well, yeah, and I need see a lot of care like all the time too. That you know, people start GoFundMe's because their animal needs a life-saving surgery, and it's just literally financially out of their hands. And that stuff also gets like really tricky. That's not so much with like the surrendering type of position, but that's more so like they can't afford it, so they might have to put the animal down. And obviously, that's like a life threatening problem that they would need corrected so it's not like the animal was perfectly healthy beforehand but those things just really really suck (laughs) they suck and they that's I don't even know how this is possible like finance wise but that's one of the reasons why I really hope that I can be well off by the time I'm like I don't know 50 or something to the point where I can just do a lot of pro bono work or like if there's an animal that comes in and the surgery is crazy expensive I can just like spot it or I don't know. Yeah. It'll be nice. Yeah. Be the dream. <laughs> yeah, Badger really wants another dog. And because he's he's really worried about um, his dog with separation anxiety once he goes back to work. Of course. And I tell him that, you know, I'll I'll be with the dog when when mm-hmm. he's at work, but you know, I might end up you know, d- taking some sort of like part-time job or like internship or something that's not in the house or something. And and also I'm not going to be around like 100% of the time. And, you know, she has a lot of anxiety. It, like mm-hmm. when we're out and about and one of us maybe goes to get to grab like the coffee from the counter at, at like a, a coffee place and one of us stays with the dog outside and one of us goes to get it. She's like, Where'd they go? Yeah. What? What if they're in danger? I uh, yeah. Help them? What? What? <laughs> and she's like doing her impression. little like like wiggle, like little little anxious wiggle, and it's super cute. But it's just like, dude, like, <laughs> like right one of us is, is still with her, but it's like not enough. It's like if it's not both of us. Yeah, and and she'll uh, she'll cry when I like leave uh, after the weekend's over and stuff, mm-hmm. and she'll get over it and then she'll be really happy to see me the next weekend. But she just is like, she's just yeah. A I lover. think she could benefit from a partner. For she's sure. just a lover. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's also just really. Um, I think it's a big decision partly because Badger doesn't want something to go wrong. Like with uh, with his dog, because you know she when when he got her from the shelter, she was labeled as uh, animal aggressive, and mm. we're still very like careful with with Callie um, because there you know there is that consideration. I am not sure about that. Like she she's certainly dog aggressive with pit bulls with other pit bulls. 
I'm not sure why. My theory is that she was adopted or or raised originally to breed fighter dogs, and so all the dogs around her were probably other pit bulls who were highly aggressive and abused, and that's why she has a negative association with her own breed. That's my theory, because she she had a litter before she was a year old, and then they were taken from her, and she mm. reacted badly to reconciling with them. She was aggressive towards her own puppies, um, because by then they were like a year old. So, so yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of an anxious topic for us, just because, or for him sure. specifically, because, I mean, it is his dog, and if something went wrong, like, it would be his fault because like right. he got the dog and he put uh his dog in his in that situation so so yeah it's just a lot to think about but i definitely think that she has the capacity to do just fine with another dog and she likes little dogs especially little fluffy dogs <laughs> uh, like the kinds that look like bears when they're puppies mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about um like teddy bears oh yeah she she loves those like she sees them out on walks and stuff and she's like Oh, and she'll like paw at them, Aww. like the way that a cat does. So I don't mm-hmm. know if it's like a cat behavior that she's imitating, but it's really cute. So she likes little dogs. So I think I think we probably will end up getting another dog pretty soon, in like within the year. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but I'm definitely for adopting animals. I think it's a good thing. Um. Yeah, same thing. I hope people consider the animal's needs when it's no longer 24-7 at home. Mm-hmm. I'm getting the sense that people consider animals more, like, since quarantine. Like, they're... I've seen that, too. Like, they're appreciating them more. They have, like, more gratitude, I think, towards the, like, emotional support that animals have provided them. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm optimistic. When things were rough last year, Ranger was my was my rock. Yeah, Callie's my baby, and mm-hmm. and mm, and <laughs> and Badger's dog is my buddy. She's my friend. We sit mm-hmm. together. She sits mm-hmm. on my lap. She's so cute. Yeah. Okay. Well, transitioning kind of, we talked about it a little bit, but like euthanasia. So what do you think about euthanasia and animals? Have you ever sat through one? What about kind of like holistic medicine, vaccines, all that stuff? Okay. I'm going to give my opinion on this first, just because I want to introduce it and then you Yeah, I want to... you to talk, because I just mentioned like my opinion on euthanasia. Yes. And like, I'm just for euthanasia. So what's, what? I want to know more about, like, your elaboration on the subject of holistic medicine and stuff like that. Yeah. So, first of all, I think it's an honor and a privilege to have a pet or just anyone else's life in your hands. That also goes for if you're, like, power of attorney for a parent or something like that or in charge of a child, whatever you want to say. When you are in charge of another person or animal's life, I think it's a big privilege and I think it's a huge responsibility. And I think one of the kindest things that you can do, especially for an animal, is when it is their time and their suffering to euthanize them. Um, Obviously, I have that opinion because I'm going to be a veterinarian. I'm going to see a lot of death. That's just the name of the game. Um, I've been through several, both professional and as an owner. I've lost several pets off the top of my head. 
Shelby, my mom's cat, Cooper, our dog, Tessie, but I wasn't really there there for that. Marsha, the frog, Roger, my dad's cat, and I might be forgetting a couple, but um, I've been through quite a few, and then I've also sat through quite a few like professionally because that was a really important part in my head about the internship process of like interning for veterinarians is making sure that I could sit through euthanasia and not like start bawling my eyes out or like you know I could be emotional comfort for the family there so I've sat through a few euthanasias with people I didn't know and it's very hard I actually saw my first horse horse euthanasia two days ago and it was really, really rough, dude. I was like, gonna it say, was really I'm sure that's rough. really intense because they're just so. I don't it know. It's so like they're rough. just big. Like I actually had to excuse myself like half an hour before I was supposed to leave, and I just made up an excuse because I didn't want to admit that I was about to start bawling my eyes out. Yeah. But I was literally. It was a very tragic story, and I can't go into too much detail for like you know client confidentiality and they have pretty strict rules at the place I'm at right now about sharing like patient info but basically there was just a very sick horse very sick had been sick for months it had caught in a virus and basically led to pneumonia in its lungs its entire oh, right lung that's it. yeah. entire right lung was full of pus left was getting pus bubbles they found a mass in his abdomen there was a lot and he was very underweight and just really, really struggling and had been sick. Like I said, he had been in another vet practice like with tubes in his chest trying to drain everything for about four months. So he'd been battling an uphill battle for a very long time, but he was just so young and he had so much That's brightness sad. in his eyes. And during the exam, he was just so like just calm, but like not in a good way, if that makes sense. Like yeah, and he or, just kept... Is it cathartic kept, or lethargic? Lethargic. Okay. And just kept, like, looking at me. And it was just getting me oh, no. so bad because he was just locking eyes with me Aww. and, like, listening to the vet explain to the owner over the phone what was happening and that in his medical opinion, like... What's not happening, let's, yeah. Let's not put the horse through $7,000 of treatment and it's hard on the horse. He's been fighting a lot. So I don't think that it was the wrong decision. It was just really hard to watch. And it was really hard because you know how like sometimes, I don't know what it was, but there are some animals where like you like lock eyes with them and then there's like a bond. Like I almost got so protective that I am not even joking you. In my head, I started thinking about what horse rescue could I call to sponsor the treatment of this horse because it was so young. And like we just like bonded. I don't know how to explain it other than there was like a bond. There was a connection. Yeah, And it just sucked because it would not stop looking at me. And I was like telepathically like... I know you're in pain. And then when the vets left, I was like, I know you're in pain. I know this sucks, but like, I promise it's going to be over soon and you're going to be free and away from this, you know, earthly body that's been weighing you down. And I had just like several points in the process had to like literally look up at the ceiling because I was like starting to involuntarily cry. Yeah. And I cried like the whole way home. So that was rough, but that's not how all of them are. Like, even though it was my first horse one, I didn't feel that way for the small animal ones, like the first one I had. It's a sad thing, obviously, but I don't know. In my head, it's also an honor, like, as a future veterinarian to be able to give that comfort to an animal and be able to make that decision. And and I think it's a privilege. So, very pro-euthanasia. I'm also, frankly, pro-assisted um, suicide with the elderly, and that comes from... 
nine years of extensive research into elder care and abuse, as well as a published TED Talk, and uh, 12 years of experience volunteering with the elderly. So not saying I'm an expert expert, but I know what the heck I'm talking about when I say that, and it's not just like a random opinion. So I'm not going to go into that in this episode on why, because that would be a very long conversation, but I do support that. Second of all, with vaccinations and holistic medicine, I know it seems like a random bridge, but it's not because it's just kind of like under care. Um, Holistic medicine, first of all, vaccines. There are people that are anti-vax for their pets as well. So that's a thing which is super annoying in the animal world because not only is there, first of all, there's no correlation between autism and like vaccines in the human world. But Second also, of all, but why also, is autism looked at the yeah. most horrible thing to give your child from a vaccine? That's the other thing that pisses me off. Another conversation for another day. But furthermore, there is nothing. Okay, yes, dogs can have vaccine reactions, just like dogs can have an allergic reaction to literally any substance yeah. in the world. It's an allergy that is normal. It, it, We know how to handle it. My dog had a vaccine reaction and her face puffed up the other day. It was terrifying. Chevy. And literally, I rushed her back to the vet. They gave her Benadryl steroids. And then in the future, they were like, I would understand if you don't want to do vaccines anymore. That's usually what owners do. And I was like... Well, what would she be protected against? <laughs> yeah. And then they were like leptospirosis, which is all commonly found in like urine of animals that carry it. So if they sniff, lick like a tree branch or something, or they're in the water and it was passed through the water, or they or not sniff, it has to be passed through water. But like for example, if you have a house that gets a rat infestation and then the mouse pees in the dog water bowl, they're gonna get lepto, which is like a pretty life threatening. Uh, bacteria disease. Yeah. So yeah. in my head, I'm like, I'm not taking that risk with Chevy. So yeah, I'm going to do the second vaccine. It was a two-part vaccine and she had a reaction on the first part. So they just worked with me and I gave her a Benadryl like an hour before and then took her in. They gave her the shot like right when they opened up and observed her, hooked her up to an IV, all of that to be super cautious. And then they observed her the entire day. And then I went and picked her up. She was totally fine. She didn't have a reaction at all. So the point is, is like, even though my dog had a serious reaction, I'm still going to give her vaccines in the future. Yeah. Because it's, it's better, better than for the, her health. Yeah. Other than it's better than a, the alternative. A yeah. disease. So, but there are people, I'll never forget the first time at one of the clinics I worked at where the mom was literally like explaining or not because it was a woman, but mansplaining to the vet about why she didn't believe in vaccinations for her dog. And the vet literally was like, I hear what you're saying. Um, Respectfully, I would like to present the scientific reason behind this and like try to have a docile conversation. And it was so funny because that's one thing that I feel like I'm really going to have to work on as a vet is not just outright being like, you are an idiot. <laughs> I would have just been like, get out of my office. Yeah. So anyway, you clearly want your animal to die. So I'm not going to facilitate that. Get out. And with animals, it's so different. Like with humans, it's almost sometimes, sometimes it's like you're trying to prevent like a cold or I don't know, Blue. but like with animals, it's like so much more life threatening, and yeah, they're so like much more common. For like, yeah, 
Yeah. Like, they're everywhere. And if they get yeah. it, it's like... <laughs> yeah. So it's... And it's... A lot of them spread so easy that it's like, if you don't get your dog vaccinated, they are probably going to infect a lot of other dogs if they get it. So that's the yeah. other thing that's annoying because puppies also can't get certain vaccinations until they're older, mm-hmm. which is why we couldn't take Chevy outside until she was literally like 13 weeks old, which I don't know if you understand how long that is. That is a long ass time for a dog not to even go outside. So because mm-hmm. they can't get that those vaccines till their immune system's stronger. Anyways, mm. I've really been ranting. Vaccinations, good. Especially for animals. Holistic medicine. Love it. I want to practice it. You can get a combination of Eastern and Western medicine in a practice like here in the United States. I fully support it. Things like acupuncture, chiropractic, um, like uh, energy testing for allergies, which is like amazing to watch. Um, A lot of stuff you can like take courses for and then get further certifications like as a veterinarian. So that's definitely something that I want to do with continuing education and also giving supplements instead of or in addition to like strong drugs. I don't necessarily go so far as to say holistic medicine can replace drug medicine, but I will say that when used in conjunction with drug medicine, way better results, way easier on the animal. And if the animal doesn't have something advanced, it is an excellent way to like, like try and prevent it from worsening. So like if there's the starting signs of a liver issue, try a supplement first before immediately hitting them with a really hard drug that's going to have side effects to reverse the liver disease. Yeah. So stuff like that. I think it's amazing. And I wrote a whole research paper on it um, and did an independent study about holistic medicine in a vet practice. And I just, I think it's, I think it's amazing. Like literally I watched a dog go through acupuncture and chiropractic and he was paralyzed on his back legs before and then literally learned to walk again just with the physical therapy, chiropractic and acupuncture. So it really yeah. can do amazing things. Yeah, I, um, I started getting acupuncture in Colorado. Um, my roommate actually uh, was an acupuncturist. And so I... Of course, I paid for her services because I'm not an asshole. Um, but I started getting acupuncture from her, and I'm actually looking for an acupuncturist now in Indy. But um, yeah, it's just it's not something that could be an alternative to my fibromyalgia me- medication, but it is something that helps alleviate in in tandem with my preventative medication. So yeah. I, I definitely am a big fan of all the options. I'm not a this or that. I'm kind of like, can we do everything? So yeah, that's my that's my opinion on that. Pro-vaccine, pro-euthanasia. If it's not fun anymore, kill me. Um. Well, last kind of deep-ish slash silly one, honorable mentions, memories with animals, because we should also talk about how amazing they are to kind yes. of wrap up. But, um, well, not totally the last one, but basically, like, I have felt so alone at some certain points in time over the last, like, couple of years, just either struggling with my mental health or quarantine or wrapping up my senior year or, yeah, like, literally just being alone. And Ranger has been so amazing. Like, I feel like he's my, my, like, soul buddy, if that makes sense. We just, 
we get each other and he'll like he just knows and he'll come up and just smother me with kisses and like if I'm crying it's like his cue to come immediately to me and start like kissing away my tears which is just so sweet and he'll just be wagging his tail and just trying to make me feel better and it's really great because now Chevy has picked up on that habit too so now I got two dogs smothering me with kisses but they're Aww. amazing and they're great company like it's so true on the times that either Goldie would be out of town or like I would be alone for some reason or I had a rough night or whatever and like I didn't have any other person around but I had the dogs around like I've fallen asleep just like cuddling both of them or like cuddling Ranger and it's just gives me so much comfort so so grateful for them I love getting woken up in the morning by one of them like doing that little army crawl where they like see that I'm awake and then they're like army crawling up to my face to give me kisses or to like snuggle into my neck so that they're so, so sweet. It's the best way to wake up. It's the best way to go asleep. Go to sleep like with my cat Betty. She would either like wrap herself around my head on the top of my pillow or be on the pillow next to me and then just purr until I fell asleep. Like that is the ideal way to fall asleep is a cat purring next to you. Um, Cooper, whenever we would come home, he just like we called it buckarooing because he would just jump around and equivalent to the way a bull like tries to throw off a rider like he would like writhe his body in midair but it looked really cute it sounds like painful but it's not and he would just buckaroo all over the place get the ribs be just so excited every time we came home like he hadn't seen us in three years like we'd be gone for half an hour and then we'd come home and he'd be like oh my god oh finally you're home I love you so much So it's stuff like that, like coming home to something that's just so genuinely excited to see you. Like you're just the freaking sun and the moon and the stars all wrapped into one. So loving. Every holiday, walk around the neighborhood. This sounds so poetic. Every holiday, every walk around the neighborhood, sick day at home, camping trip is all enhanced so much by pets. Yes, I literally wrote that. So I think I was in the fields when I wrote that. Anyways. Yeah. In my opinion, some of the most joy and pure love that life can offer comes in the form of a pet. They just love purely, purely. There's no other way to put it. I don't know what else on earth loves as wholeheartedly as animals do. I mean, maybe other than like a parent, but (laughs) I don't know. It's special, that's for sure. And so I'm grateful for my pets, even though it sucks when they have to leave. At least we had the time we did with them, you know. Like my mom always said, would you have rather loved and then lost or never loved at all? Definitely would have mm-hmm. rather loved and lost. Yeah. Charlie's my baby. She's so cute. She's just a little fluffy tummy, a little noodle. She a noodle. Is, she's a little noodle. Yeah, she is so cute. She is compulsive. She, after she eats, she'll scrub around her food bowl like like really digs in like with her full paw like mm, on the ground like scrubbing and then she'll remember that she has a litter box and she'll go over to her little litter box and clean around there too and then sometimes she's not sure if she got her food bowl so she'll go back (laughs) and she'll scrub around there too that's cute as hell. <laughs> yeah, it's so cute. After she eats and after she poops or pees or anything, she it, sometimes she'll just go check on her litter box and scrub around there, do a little wipe wipe. Yep. That is so cute. It is so cute. She is so funny. Yeah, and she um she is cleaning herself constantly. She's just she's just a little compulsive. A little 
little kid. Um, uh, Lucky, the family dog. He was just, he was just everybody's dude. He was like the guy at the party that just like, want some of my blunt. Like that was, that was Lucky. I'd come home and he'd be happy to see me and then he'd just lie down in his spot on the floor and I'd sit with him and like tell him about my day and he'd just like look at me like why are you telling me this? <laughs> He's so pensive. Yeah, he'd just be like okay like whatever <laughs> and it was whatever he was so cute he was a good boy um, Roscoe, he likes to, uh, have his picture taken. We call Ooh. him a pretty boy, because he mm. is a pretty boy. He likes to have his picture taken, he poses, and sometimes he'll even, like, put down his lower lip so that you see his teeth. So it looks like he's smiling with his teeth. God, I love animals. He's so cute. He's just the prettiest little boy. I love him. Yeah. But that's it. That's my honorable mentions. The Badger's dog gets so jealous when Callie and him are cuddling. So he'll take Callie and like he'll shove her on his lap and like make her stay there so that I can cuddle her. And she'll she'll like submit and like fall asleep on his lap. Um, but the dog gets so jealous and she imitates the cat's behavior. So she one day climbed up the arm of the sofa to the back of the sofa and climbed across and then sat right by Badger's head on the back of the couch. And this is a full-grown pit bull. Uh-huh. Like sitting, like perched on the yeah. back of the couch. So basically sitting on his shoulder. And so there's just like this picture I have of Badger sitting on the couch with a dog on his shoulder. <laughs> a cat in the lap. And a little cat on his lap. And it just makes no sense. But yeah, that's it. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us on Coffee Talk. We hope you have a really great rest of your week. Thank you for starting your Monday with us or whenever you decided to listen to this. Um, go hug your animals. Go, go hug your animals. I'm When I get off here, I'm about to go get my dogs a hug for sure. I'm going to pick up Callie, but she is staring like down in the corner of the room, like at the corner, like staring down. She's on like a pile of blankets and she's just like... Sometimes when the like it's Ranger so gets creepy. up in the middle of the night and like looks at something like in the, in the corner of the wall really specifically and then he's like... I'm like, nope. Nope, nope. I'm like, Ranger, go to sleep. I do not have the energy to be scared right now. Yeah. Sit down. <laughs> I guess she was if just falling gonna... asleep because she laid oh, down, okay. but damn, that was scary. She was just like, I hate. It's like, I love when they do that because then I'm like more in tune if there's something funny going on. But at the same time, I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Go to sleep. Nope, nope. Wake yeah, me I'm, up, a, I'm a nope, nope person. Yep, yep. nope, nope. 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 And one time... Okay, bye! Okay. Well, that was my funny story, is one time Ranger and Chevy started looking at the same damn spot in my room, and I was like, nope. Nope. 
no. <laughs> and it was like 2 a.m. And it was so quiet. And it was in the, my house at home, which is like an older house. Yeah. And we're the only family that's ever lived in it. So I know that there isn't like some previous resident there. But still, I literally was like, nope, nope, nope. We're going to bed. We're going to bed. And yeah. yeah. Okay, everybody, go to bed. Go hug your animals. Hug your animals. We love you. Goodbye. Thank you for hanging out with Coffee Talk. Cover art is by our very own Jesse and Kat. Theme music is by Spencer Thutt. Background music is produced under Creative Commons. Coffee Talk is an independent podcast supported by two struggling 20-somethings. So we shamelessly beg our listeners to support the podcast by subscribing to our Patreon or donating through our website, coffeetalkpod.com. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.